Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Healthy You, Wealthy You show. I'm Abel Kozilski, and sitting in uh, the steering seat with me is my co-host, Faggy Stern. Good morning, Faggy. Good morning, Adol. Glad that you're back. I missed you last week. Oh, thank you. So good to be back. <laughs> right. Today, we are going to be discussing really another component of what we need to look at when we are um, on the path of trying to live a healthy, holistic life. And that is something that we're indelibly marked with, our genetic code. Now, there's been a tremendous upsurge in interest in our genetic code. We know that the genome was um, was early uh, unraveled a couple of decades ago. And since then, the genetic field has actually boomed um, into looking at who we are on a very, very, it's not even on a cellular level, on a, on a genetic genome level. And it's, it's come, it's, it's becoming something that is to the, in the forefront of people who are treating illness today because we know that we can be what's called genetically predisposed, meaning all of us have a genetic code and there are certain genes that will allow us to be predisposed to certain illnesses. And when one is treating oneself holistically, um, one needs to go and look at that as well as a component in the overall process. And that really, really explains to me lots of times when I think about it and we look at COVID um, as an example, something that's very much in front of us today, that certain people are asymptomatic, other people get very sick, some people react like this, some people react like that. And whilst we're trying to understand this virus and understanding all its constraints, um, I believe that underneath all of that, there is also a genetic component to it, how we are wired up. We're very, very excited to have on our show today, Dr. Daniel Meyersfeld, um, who completed his PhD in molecular biology at WITS in 2005. And uh, during his studies, he saw an opportunity to take the recent advances in the field of human genetics and improve people's health and wellness. And so today he runs a very well-known um, company called Dynalysis Biotechnology. And um, I know for myself and as well as Faggy, we are our, our customers or patients of his want to go and look at our genetic makeup and how, uh, you know, how, how we are doing and how what we can learn from ourselves in order to make ourselves better. So with no further ado, thank you, Daniel, for coming on the show and at such short notice. We really, really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, so let's kick off. Like, let's just talk about the fields of genetics and why it should and is an important part of our overall health. Okay, well, I mean, you, you touched on a few a few key points in your in, in your introduction. The the point that you raised about sort of our, our responsive our responsiveness or our response to to COVID is is a, a key example of of the fact that we are all individuals, and I think healthcare has changed in uh, in drastic ways over the last sort of decade or so where 
we, we're gradually moving away from this this medical approach of, of first of all of one size fits all, where every person is given given the same advice, irrespective of the fact that that advice is going to only be effective for a portion of uh, of the population. Um, and and it's it's through knowledge of our genetics and and this individuality that we can start treating people as individuals and understand what sort of intervention is going to work best for you as compared to an intervention that's going to work best for you know your 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 friend or your or your sister or whoever else it might be so this is this concept of of personalized medicine which also ties in with the concept of preventive medicine where People, by and large, are taking a lot more responsibility for their own health. And rather than a, a disease management model or approach to healthcare, where you simply sit back and, and wait to get sick and then rely on a, an already burdened healthcare system to make you better, people, people want to avoid disease altogether. And in many cases, we have the, the power and the tools at our disposal to to go a long way to to avoiding many of the chronic diseases um, that, that are such a scourge on um, on us. I love that. I love that because I think that is something that um, really drives Faggy and and myself to to actually go on the radio as always. Um, we we always announce that we're we're not professionals. We're not we're not in any certain medical field. But we're just trying to think about our health and how we can be responsible about it and what components we need to take. And, and I, I, you know, very much I think that um, the attitude out there, I think particularly because COVID has come around, that people are looking at their, their health in a more holistic way. This is also what like many functional medicine doctors are doing around the world, you know, taking people and patients and understanding who they are and what their genetic makeup is. And then working on their genetics and, and kind of, as you say, uh, you know, making sure that they don't get those diseases instead of having to treat the diseases when they do come. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, I think what's, what's really changed in our approach to genetics or understanding of genetics since the, well, probably since, since the first draft was published of the genome back in 2003, but, but even before that, where there was always this belief that our, our genes were our destiny and, you know, you look at your genetic makeup and that's your blueprint, it's the hand that you've been dealt and if you've got increased risk of, of certain diseases, then so be it, there's not much that you could do about it. And what we've realized more and more over the course of, of the last sort of 20 years is is that there's this incredibly strong relationship that exists between the genes that we carry and the environment in which we place ourselves. And, of course, while we can't change the genes that we have, what we can do is change the way in which these genes are expressed through the appropriate uh, dietary environment, nutrients, um, just in general, you know, avoiding toxins, kind of damage that, that pollutants like cigarette smoke or, or car fumes. All of these, these outside influences affect the way in which our genes express themselves. And this is where we have the the power or the ability to control a lot of our own health outcomes is by ensuring we place our genes in the most conducive environment for um, for optimal health outcomes. So here we're talking about the topic of epigenetics, how our environment actually affects our genes. And anybody out there has a question 
for for Dr. Danny or would like us to touch on certain genes, you're most welcome to on 34519. That is our SMS number. Our telegram number is 061-895-1019. And this is a discussion that we should all be having and um, we'd love to hear from you. Tisha B'Av is never an easy observance. Um, and this year, that's even more true. We want to help you. So Chai FM will be bringing you some of the top international and local speakers to help you find meaning, insight, and inspiration. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosulski and Fagy Stern. Well, welcome back. And we are discussing our genes and our genetic dispositions. And I think that maybe a nice place to, to kick off is to discuss... Um, certain genes that have actually come to the fore and that are teaching people a tremendous amount about their health. I know for myself, um, we as, as a family have been looking into the MTHFR gene. Danny, do you want to give us some insight on what this gene is and how it affects our health? So MTHFR is a, is a popular gene. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a key gene in the, in the process of methylation, which is essentially something that happens in the cells. It's a, a critical process that happens in the cells where it, it's a DNA repair mechanism. So essentially, if you think of our DNA as, as stretches of load, when that DNA replicates, get, gets passed on from one cell to the next, as the cells divide, your DNA has to be, copies of the DNA have to be made. And if you've got potholes in the road, those potholes then get passed on to the next generation of, of cells. Um, and so there's a, there's a repair mechanism within the cell called methylation where it's essentially the, the cell's way of, of looking after the integrity and the quality of of the DNA. Now, MTHFR has received a huge amount of attention because it plays a key role in this process. And if it's not functioning optimally, it is associated with a lot of health outcomes. Um, things like neural tube defects, aspects of depression, responsiveness to medication, um, a lot of sort of um, diseases or um, or deficiencies or immunity. Yeah, the, the list is endless. There's cancers. There's really a lot of things associated with MTHFR. So, in short, yeah, what everything that that we look at in in our tests, the the key aspect of our tests is that the results we give you, like I said earlier, you can't change your your DNA, but you can change your environment. So we focus on those genes where there is an intervention available to modify any deleterious effect that we find in the gene itself. So if we take the MTHFR gene, for example, normally you would have, um, I mean, I don't want to get too kind of technical into the, the genetics or the, the, um, the detail of the science, but if you've got a change in the genetic code within the MTHFR gene, it can reduce the enzyme activity by as much as 70%. Wow. Now, if your enzyme is functioning um, at only 30% of, of what you expect it to be functioning, then the cellular processes for which it's responsible inside the cell are simply not going to be performing optimally. 
and the outcome there is you're not properly metabolizing uh, or converting folate within the B vitamin pathway. Um, you risk of high homocysteine and cardiovascular diseases amongst a bunch of other things. But the the, the very simple intervention, and this is where knowledge of, of your genetics is empowering, because you can't go and change the nucleotide to have your MTHFR gene function at full capacity. But what you can do is take a take in a form of methylated folate, which feeds into the the pathway that we're talking about beyond the MTHFR gene. So by taking in a, a specific supplement that is a, a methylated folate, the the nutrient is being provided to that pathway without a reliance on the MTHFR gene to, to give you that nutrient. So that's sort of a very simple intervention that can have massive benefits for your health that without knowledge of the MTHFR genotype or, or the code that you've got, you'd simply have no way of knowing that that, that supplement was um, was suitable for you. You know what so, I find interesting so when about... when you do the testing... Go ahead, Peggy. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry, Danny, when you do the actual testing, can you then see what the strengths are of that MTHFR gene, meaning like how dirty it is or, you know, how detrimental it is to you type of thing? So, you know, all we, we, we look at just the genetics and then you work with the healthcare practitioner to assess if there are any sort of physical manifestations of the genetics that we're looking at. So, you know... So the base of symptoms. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, it might be that... When you go to a healthcare practitioner and they want to do a genetic test, there could be numerous reasons for them to do it. Either they, they there are symptoms that they want to better understand, and so looking at the genetics might help them understand the root cause of the symptoms and also define an optimal intervention for those symptoms. Or it could be that you know people who are who are generally healthy simply want to understand what they could be doing to enhance their health more. Um, but, you know, when you look at the genetic code, you're seeing, in this case of the MTHFR, you're seeing a person either has a, a C or a T nucleotide at any given position on the DNA. And that, based on the um, on the studies, we can then say, right, the enzyme is functioning optimally or it's function, or it's not functioning optimally. And, and then it's up to the healthcare practitioner to, you know, to intervene appropriately based on the findings in the genetic code that we provide. Well, this is so fascinating because a lot of the time I discuss with Adel about, like, depression, anxiety. A lot of this stuff comes up, and people don't really know necessarily that they have an MTHFR gene that they need to deal with. Yeah, and, and, you know, also, you know, I think one thing that we always say is that, you know, we would never say that MTHFR is responsible for depression or anxiety. 100%. These genes can can increase the risk, they can contribute, but these things are all very multifactorial. You know, it's going to be a combination of the genes that you carry, the exposure that you have in your lifestyle, the the stresses that you have, the diet, health. There are just so many aspects to it. Um, Correct. That, that's not simply, simply just the genetics. I mean, as a, a genetic testing company, one of the things we do in our, in our training is to emphasize that there's more to it than just the genetics. It's a it's a piece of the puzzle. It's an important piece of the puzzle that is often overlooked. But at the end of the day, it's it's just one extra piece of the puzzle when looking at an individual 
holistically, you know, there's, there's a lot more to it that, um, that you need to look. And I think with MTHFR specifically, perhaps, um, in, in many cases, almost too much of, is being made of the MTHFR gene. People sort of walk around saying, you know, I, whatever, I'm, I'm depressed. Use it as an excuse. <laughs> uh, and it's sort of MTHFR is sort of thrown around like it's some sort of disease in itself. Well, the reality is we all have an MTHFR gene. It plays a critical role in our cells. And yes, some of us might have a, a variation that reduces the activity. But like I said, you know, with knowledge of that, there are interventions available. I think, I think what needs to the be one emphasized thing, though, here, sorry, Peggy, I think what needs to be emphasized here, though, a lot is, is the practitioner you're going to. I know in our journey in our family with the MTHFR, you know, we were dealing with a whole lot of symptoms and we went from doctor to doctor, medication, medication, diet to diet, until we really had somebody who was a very intuitive and went and said, you know what? There's something going on behind all of this, you know, you, you know, and I, I think that it's very important to find such, such a practitioner, um, each to their own, um, that is able to look at, at these things. So while I, I hear and I agree that you can't blame your whole life on MTHFR, on the other side of the scale, um, I just know in our journey, um, of, it was probably two to three years until we actually found out that yes, this this is this is you know one of the cause roots, and as soon as we put in that methylfolate, wow, mm. things turned around and a lot of symptoms disappeared. Absolutely, Ben. Yeah, I think um, you know, relatively speaking, the field of, of genetics and, and what we're talking about here, which is nutritional genetics or nutrigenetics, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, is is fairly new. Um, and when the vast majority of um, well, you look at GPs in South Africa today or, or specialists in South Africa, when, when the vast majority of them were at medical school, this did not exist. And a big part of what the analysis has focused on over the last sort of 12 years is, is educating health practitioners on the value of genetics and how to incorporate genetics into practice. And this is where, especially in the last three or four years, we've seen an explosion in in understanding and knowledge and importantly desire for doctors to take on board our training and start working with genetics because it, it can add value to your practice both as a in your ability to manage your patient to better understand your patient and yet it's also something that to a certain extent will set you apart from from your colleagues that you'll be, be doing something and staying ahead of staying up to date with the science and you know modernizing the way in which you practice medicine. Um, Danny, Danny so can we can 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 we can we discuss because I'm getting like a lot of feed in here um, on 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 the on, on the live chat. Um, let's discuss BRCA the BRCA gene because this is something again also that particularly for women, you know, they're wanting um, like a lot of screening. People are very much more aware of it. I've got a comment here that says that I've had breast cancer twice. And interestingly, I've had a genetic test to see if I'm carrying the breast cancer gene, and the results came back negative. Um, mm. that, how, how does all of that, you know, piece together? Well, it's it, it's interesting. The, the the vast majority of cancers. So the person that that you'd be talking about there, the vast majority of cancers are what we call sporadic breast cancers, which is that they are spontaneous mutations as a combination of genetics and lifestyle. And they are unrelated to the high penetrance BRCA mutation. 
So I think, I can't, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I think approximately 5 to 10% of breast cancers are as a result of the BRCA gene. Only 5 to 10%. Wow. Okay. Um, which means sort of 80 to 90% are a combination of the genes you carry and the lifestyle choices that you make, meaning largely preventable under the right conditions. Now, the difference between the, the genetics we have been talking about with things like MTHFR and BRCA is we talk about the, the penetrance of a genetic variation or genetic mutation, which is, in simply put, if you have the, the variation in your genes, how strong is the likelihood that you're going to get the disease with which that mutation is associated? And with things like MTHFR, they're very low penetrance because the mutation by itself will not be enough to bring on a specific disease. It's going to be a combination of multiple factors in which the, the MTHFR gene variation is one factor. Something like the BRCA gene is much more high penetrance. So if you do have the mutation, the chances of getting the breast cancer is is much, much higher. Um, and so we refer to that as a, as a high penetrance gene where in many cases you know, diet and nutrition alone are not going to be enough to prevent the disease as an outcome. And that's where people will make the choice in, in combination with, with you know, the appropriate genetic counseling um, to, to do a preventive mastectomy in order to prevent getting the disease. Fascinating. Um, would, would you, would you, um, encourage everybody to, for example, go and look for, uh, for the BRCA gene, like to have like general screening, particularly on something like that? And, and are there other genes like that, 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 you know, are, that are high penetration genes? So there are lots of high penetrance genes for lots of different diseases, but you know I think it, it's, there's a big it, it's, it's a role that, that genetic cancers play is in explaining what is the reason for doing this test? Why do you want this information? Is it because you have a family history? Is it just because you you simply want to know? But there are quite significant consequences associated with getting that information because if it is high penetrance, there's often not something much that you can do about it to to prevent the disease, and also it affects it affects your kids and affects your family members because there's a good chance if you have the disease um, or so the you, you're carrying the the gene for the disease, then there's a fair chance depending on the uh, on the way that gene is inherited that your siblings or your kids might also then be carriers, and so. It's quite a it's quite a complex decision that needs to be made with the appropriate counselling um, to fully understand the consequences of of the decision that you make. If anybody has any questions or would like uh, Dr. Danny to speak on any one particular gene, please feel free. The SMS line is three four five one nine. And our telegram, 061-895-1019. When we were chatting yesterday um, in preparation of today, you spoke also about a COMP gene. Am I pronouncing it right? Yeah, COMP, yes. Okay, I've never heard of that. Uh, what is that? COMP is also an important gene. It's uh, <clears throat> it's, it's very involved in, in a bunch of, of things, one of which is um, in estrogen metabolism, in the in uh, is the way in which uh, specifically women metabolize estrogen can have um, significance for their, their risk for breast cancer. 
And in the brain, CompTOR assists in the breakdown of neurotransmitters. Um, and so it helps maintain appropriate levels of neurotransmitters in the brain. So it's, it's associated with things like um, stress and anxiety associated with the COMPS gene. But again, you know, there are, there, there are things that you can do to manage it. So um, things like magnesium act on the COMPS gene in order to, to manage the activity of, of COMPS expression. Um, so, you know, a lot of the interventions that we, that we talk about are nutrient or nutraceutical related. Um, a very simple way of describing the test that we do, it's about targeted supplementation, that if you're going to be taking a nutritional supplement, how do you know what is right for your body and how do you know what, what your body actually needs rather than just bombing the body with a whole bunch of, of random nutrients that you, you buy off a, a shelf, make sure that you take something that is going to be used by your body and, and functional for your body and, and that your body is actually going to get benefit from. Um, so the link between COMT and magnesium is another very good example of an intervention available to manage the effect of a genetic variation that we might carry. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show, and we are discussing genetics and how it affects the overall health of who we are. If you'd like to ask the question, 34519 or our telegram number 061-895-1019. We're going to go for a little bit of an ad break and when we got get back, we will continue this fascinating discussion. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosulski and Fagy Stern. Dr. Danny Myersfeld and we're speaking about um our genetics. Now, we've come to realize, uh, hopefully through our discussion, that our genes do play an important part. Um, how do we go about having our DNA tested, and how do we know what tests to take, what tests are available? What What is it that we need to do in order to start investigating this fascinating program? So the the test that we've got, um, we cover the full sort of health spectrum. We've got um, we've got a test called DNA Health, which which looks at a lot of factors related to risks for certain chronic diseases, um, but but not quantifying risk. You know, we don't come out of the of the test and say you've got an X percent chance of getting a disease because, like I've said, it's it, genetics is just one part of the puzzle. So we look at the the way the cellular processes are functioning, the, the biochemistry within the cells, how are these pathways functioning and what can we do to, to make them function more optimally. So DNA health is, is always a good starting point to get a general assessment of, of overall health risks and what you can be doing to personalize your, your own healthcare interventions. And then the other tests will maybe focus more on specific needs or, or specific requirements that, that an individual might have, which in combination with one of our healthcare practitioners, you would sort of work out which tests are going to be most suitable. But we've got um, we've got a DNA diet test which looks at responsiveness to different dietary programs and you know w- what is the best way of eating in order to lose weight. And I think it's a, it's a key example where we know intuitively from experience that the diet that works for one person doesn't always work for the next person. And so understanding what your specific requirements are, how quickly or slowly you're likely to lose the weight, managing expectations up front, 
it's really a useful test for somebody who is trying to manage their weight a little bit better or, or has battled with weight issues in the past. We've got a, a test called DNA Mind, which looks at cognitive health. We've got a test, we've got the DNA estrogen test. Um, we've got DNA sport, which is for sort of exercise training. We look at power versus endurance potential, working with a coach or a trainer to optimize the way that you go about your training. Um, do, do you need to have a doctor? Do you need to go through a health professional to get this testing done or can I come directly to you? So you can come to us to, to sort of do the swab. We, we've got officers who can come to us to get the test done. But if you don't have a referring practitioner, we will send you to a practitioner to do the interpretation and the feedback. The, the, the tests have always been geared very much to being incorporated into a broader clinical exam. So we work only through healthcare practitioners. You can find the practitioners who've done training with us are all listed on our website. And, and really the best would be to contact one of those healthcare practitioners, go and chat with them, help them understand your, your health concerns, your, your priorities, and discuss which tests are going to be most suitable for you. Um, and then take it from there and let them do the, the feedback and the, the explanation once the test results are out. Danny, last night you mentioned that it's, um, you know, sometimes a little bit nerve wracking or scary for people to get their results and see really what's going on with them. You know, when I got my results, I was like, oh, wow, you know, I have a lot of predispositions. Um, and obviously, how do I go about preventing these things? Um, you mentioned how, you know, it's more for people to understand their health and not to be nervous about it. No, I think that's where, where you know, the concept of genetic testing has changed over the years is you know, 20 years ago, if you went for a genetic test, it was generally two prospective parents who wanted to understand what risks they, or diseases they might be passing on, on to their future offspring. Um, now there's so many different types of genetic tests, and it's important to understand the nature of the genetic test that we're talking about. And for, for me, the test that we're talking about today, the information is very much empowering because, like I've said, there's always something that you can do to modify the, the effect of the gene variations that we're finding. So these are not deterministic or, or scary in a, in a sense that we're giving you information and saying, sorry, you know, that's, that's the way it is. There's nothing that you can do about it. It's, it's very much that we're saying, let's see, let's see what cards you've been dealt. Let's see what your genetics looks like. And then let's see how we can work with that to, you know, to ensure healthier, healthier outcomes. I think it really isn't a huge eye opener, you know, as you said about weight, for instance, I was always like the heavier one in, in my class or, you know, with, between my friends and I was always the healthier eater. Um, and once I did my genetic testing, it just all made so much sense. You know, what, what nutrients to take, how to eat, what type of exercise to do, et cetera. Um, I, the, the one question I had for you with the MTHFR gene, which I think is actually a super important question that Adel, I've brought this up with you a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Is that if someone isn't able to, to absorb folic acid, um, and they're given folic acid, let's say, you know, patients are given folic acid in order to fall pregnant, and they aren't able to actually absorb that folic acid, and people do have complications, how does that work? What, what exactly do you do? Well, I think, you know, with, with pregnancy, the, the quantity of folic acid is increased massively anyway. So there's always a, a folate supplement that people are going to be taking. So, you know, with, with the MTHFR by itself, 
there are other genes involved in assisting with that absorption. So I don't think it's ever going to be a question that they simply can't absorb it at all. It just might be that, that they're not getting nearly as much as, as they believe that they are. You know, if you think you're taking in 400 micrograms of, of folic acid in, in a tablet, but you're only able to absorb 30% of that, you're quite a long way off from, from where you should be in terms of, of optimal nutrients for, for your body. But so, isn't folic acid the synthetic form? I'm sorry, say again? Isn't folic acid the synthetic form versus taking the methyl folate, which is the natural form? So, so the, well, it's, yeah, it's different forms in the sense that the methyl, the methyl folate is, is in the sort of the converted form that would bypass that MTHFR enzyme. So it sort of goes through the, the, the pathway being converted from, from one form to the next until it ultimately uh, gets completely metabolized. Um, but, but yeah, again, just working with a healthcare practitioner and looking at the MTHFR gene plus other genes and how they're functioning in that pathway, um, you know, is, is going to give you the insight that you need. How, how, how does one do the test? Is it a blood test? Is it a swab test? Is it like these COVID-19s where you, you're actually nervous to go get a test because they're ramming something up your nose, down your throat? How does it work? No, so it's uh, it's actually just a cheek swab. So it's really nice and non-invasive by comparison to the COVID testing. It's just sort of a, a scraping from the inside of your cheek um, that comes into the lab and results are out in about two to three weeks. Right, right. Okay, so non-invasive, I mean, I'm asking that question, I'm being the devil's advocate because I just actually uh, did it. Very, <laughs> very pleasant, thank you. Okay, so just in terms of um, of moving forward, where do you see the field of genetics like in five years, ten years? Like as you were talking, one of the thoughts that crossed my mind was, are we starting to play God? Are we are we going to come to a point in time in society where we're going to go and say, you know, um, I can splice this, you know, dice this, I'm not going to fall pregnant with this kid, or or do you see it like, you know, taking a more, um, uh, what can we, like therapeutic uh, uh, path? Like, well, is there a danger in genetic testing? I, I think the um, in terms of the technology that we have available, the genie is very much out the bottle. Um, and it's going to be up to the, I suppose, the, the ethics or, or the everyone's going to, going to draw the line somewhere in terms of what, what is ethically or morally acceptable mm-hmm. in terms of the decisions that we make or how we use the technology. So it'd be great to think, yeah, this technology is, is amazing and, and will be used only for, for therapeutics, but I think it's probably a little bit naive. And in terms of, of the ability to, to play God, to determine what color eyes we want our kids to have and you know th- that that is available um and i think it's uh it's going to be are we regulated in this country not to my knowledge no no i uh, i stand to be corrected but i don't think there's there's much regulation at this point right. um so so yeah the, the technology is it, it's it's quite scary i think in some ways in terms of of applications that could be used um it's going to be the question of, of where do we draw the line. But at the same time, I think the, the advances in, in healthcare and the advances in medicine will be um, massively beneficial to to mankind down the line. So I think there's two different paths that, that we can go on. Um, 
and like I said, you know, people make up their own mind as to, to where they draw the line and what they're going to find uh, socially or ethically acceptable. We're going to draw a line just right now because we have to go for an ad break. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosulski and Fagy Stern. I just love these conversations, and I'm sure uh, I know I know Faggy does too, um, because they just give such a broad uh, perspective of who we are and a an appreciation of how complex we are. D- uh, Dr. Danny, how how can somebody get hold of you if they would like to go through the testing? So the, the best is to take a look at our website, where we've got descriptions of the different tests available, and we've also got um, all of our our healthcare practitioners that have done training with us are listed on the website. So that's um, just www.dnalysis.co.za. Um, or just to email Fu if, you, if any sort of specific questions, they, they can contact us via email on admin at dnalysis.co.za. And a final comment. What what would be your one one message out there to people who are trying to live more healthier? I think I think ultimately what what people are trying to do what and what doctors are trying to do and dietitians are trying to do is they're trying to get people to change their behavior which is not an easy thing to do. Um, genetic tests as we can see from covid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah probably not dissimilar to covid in the sense that we need to take more responsibility for the way we act and wearing masks and social distancing and sanitizing. People need to, we can't rely on regulations from government to be forced into certain things. We have to take personal responsibility um, and step up and make a conscious effort to do things better ourselves. And I think the same applies to this absolute scourge of, of chronic disease, of cardiovascular, diabetes, obesity. So much of this, the, the power is in our own hands to make the necessary changes, to take the, the right advice to to follow the right uh, lifestyle. And, and genetics is a powerful motivator to change behavior and provides powerful insights into into the specific actions that we can all be taking. So I think it's got a really important role in, in assisting with personalizing medicine and with improving health outcomes. Fantastic. Really, again, it, this has been really a fascinating conversation. Fagy, well done for uh, pulling it all together. Do you have any final comments? I just found the whole concept of epigenetics so fascinating. You know, we have so much power in our own hands to change, you know, our, the outcome of our lives. If you don't mm-hmm. want to have your Alzheimer's, your dementia, your Parkinson's, you know, God forbid, get sick. We really do have the power to change. And as you say that, Danny, we, we, we have the power and, you know, we have to make that change on our own in yeah. every way. And I think that, you know, really in summation, just just in the three of us discussing today, I think that really is the the spiritual message behind COVID-19. I mentioned um, before on the radio last week, I think uh, COVID-19 is the minister of education because it's really coming to teach us that that's exactly this. We have the power in our own hands. And uh, even though we see people trying to take the power of their own hands in a very violent way out there right now, the work is for each and every one of us to become responsible human beings, responsible for ourselves, responsible for our health. And there's much to say about who we are today because of what of, of the way that we act personally in our personal spaces. So a very, very powerful message. Um, Danny, thank you so much for coming on to the show and enlightening us. Thank you, Fagy, always for joining me on the show. And um, 
I know for all those out there and those that are part of our WhatsApp group, we do have a winner. I will be announcing announcing our winner of uh, the free voucher for a consultation with Taryn Cochlin um, shortly. And um, if anybody wants to join our WhatsApp group, you can send an email to info at chaifm.com. Give us your name. Give us your number. And every single day, Faggy and I try just to drop a little, a little thought, a little idea of a way that you can make your life better. And so I wish everybody out there a wonderful Wednesday, a Tom Cull, an easy fast for all those that are fasting. And uh, yes, go ahead, turn and change your life because that's what it's all about. Have a good day.